Hi, and welcome to episode two of my fitness podcast. I still don't really have a name for this podcast, but I'm sure I will figure one out soon enough. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope you are well and having a fantastic day. So this is the first podcast that I am going to use to answer client questions. The other day, one of my wonderful clients had asked me whether I thought apple cider vinegar was beneficial in any way. And being perfectly honest, I had never really thought about this topic or knew anything about apple cider vinegar. So I decided to go away and do some research so that I could give an answer that was informed by scientific evidence. My scepticism had me assuming I'd find no credible research, but I actually found quite a lot. I have already written a post over on Instagram about this topic, so if you would like the condensed version of the information I'm about to give, you can head over to my page at Catherine Care Fitness to check it out. And don't forget to give it a like. Shameless plug there. If you have decided to stay, and you're in this podcast for the long haul, welcome along and I hope you enjoy. First of all, what I will do is set a bit of a scene for you. So if like me, you're not really sure what apple cider vinegar is or what the supposed claims are around it, this might be a useful place to start. What is apple cider vinegar? I hear you ask. You could probably play a game in this podcast, actually, where you try to count the number of times I say apple cider vinegar. Anyway, it's a vinegar, surprisingly, made from fermented apple juice. Even more surprising, I know. On Instagram, for example, you can quite literally search the hashtag apple cider vinegar, which comes up with over 400,000 posts. You can already see how similar products with similar claims cause such confusion when there is so much inaccurate information readily available out there. 90% of the time you probably shouldn't get your advice from social media unless you know it comes from a credible, trusted and qualified source. And I realise that now you're probably thinking, "Mm, but Catherine, you're giving out advice on social media. Why should we listen to you? That's a great question. And I'd like to think that I tick all three of those boxes and that I strive to make sure my evidence is backed by science and credible peer-reviewed science at best. Basically, one good rule to live by is if someone or a company is trying to sell you a miracle weight loss or muscle building product or something that will solve all your health and fitness problems in one go, it's probably too good to be true. So just remember that. So what are the claims? Apple cider vinegar appears to be used in some cases in home remedies like topical skin treatments. For example, to treat dandruff, dry skin, sunburn, warts and toenail fungus as well. 
it is also orally consumed. So that means it's eaten and digested through drinks or in tablet form, which claim to reduce weight, reduce appetite, provide antioxidants, control blood sugar levels, aid digestion, reduce acid reflux, lower cholesterol levels, and improve energy levels. Now, I don't know enough about skin conditions to comment on these claims, but I will explore the claims made around weight loss, blood cholesterol, blood pressure, appetite, and digestion. Although for the record, I am not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be one. I'm merely highlighting the evidence to let you make an informed decision. And I'll probably tell you what I would do. It was quite interesting to see that some of the general claims on social media actually had a pinch, excuse me, a pinch of truth about them, which generally a lot of fad health supplements do to a certain extent, as in they run away with a scientific concept or a theory and twist it or overgeneralize it to suit what they're trying to promote in order to sell the product. Generally, The people who buy into fad products who actually meet their health and fitness goals meet their health and fitness goals despite the product, but not because of the product. So the product isn't actually what causes them to reach their goals. It just so happens that they're also consuming this product. When you dig down into the main components of apple cider vinegar, you'll notice that the main components are water and a substance called acetic acid, otherwise known as ethanoic acid. So what scientific evidence is there actually out there? The first topic I looked at was blood pressure. So the disease diabetes may impair the body's ability to regulate blood pressure by reducing the ability of the veins to dilate, which is to get wider in diameter to allow more blood to flow through them. So this explains why so many who suffer with diabetes also experience vascular damage, which negatively affects things such as the eyes, the kidneys and other extremities. Acetic acid, which was one of the main components of apple cider vinegar, the consumption of that has been shown to reduce blood pressure in specifically type 2 diabetic patients through aiding in vasodilation. In the study that I read, they saw a massive decrease in blood pressure between somewhere between 21 and 30 mmHg. Um, so milliliters of mercury. I might be wrong on that. Oh my god, I better uh, just google that, cheeky. Millimeter. Millimeter, not milliliters. Millimeters of mercury is what MMHD stands for. So anyway, so in the study they saw a decrease in blood pressure between 21 and 30 mmHg. To put this into perspective for you, 
a healthy resting blood pressure is about 120 over 80. 120 being the systolic blood pressure and 80 being the diastolic blood pressure. So 120 over 80. And anything beyond 140 over 90 is considered to be high. So if someone who is diabetic was sitting with a high blood pressure of 140 over 90, a reduction of 20 mmHg would have them sat within a healthy range. And I think that's pretty incredible that there is this potential positive health benefit of consuming apple cider vinegar. That's not to say, though, that everyone with diabetes would react in this way. And we certainly can't generalize the findings of this study into the entire population or even into the entire population who do not have diabetes. So next up is the effects of apple cider vinegar on blood lipids. So atherosclerosis is a buildup of plaque on the artery walls, which can lead to various health complications, including stroke, angina, heart attack. A cause of this is high blood cholesterol, more specifically LDLs. So there are two types of cholesterol. There's HDL and there is LDL. So high density lipoproteins and low density lipoproteins. The first type, high density lipoproteins, present little risk to our vascular health, whereas low density lipoproteins do. And this is because they have an affinity to travel to and be deposited in our central vascular system. So in arteries around the heart and the lungs, which we know is extremely dangerous and puts us at risk of a multitude of health complications, including heart attack. It is worth noting that consumption of cholesterol in your diet is not inherently bad unless you consume high levels of saturated fats. High saturated fat intake is closely linked with increased blood LDL levels, so that's the bad type of cholesterol. But when low saturated fat is consumed, the same is not true. So even when dietary cholesterol consumption is high, then blood LDL levels are not high, unless we consume a high amount of saturated fats. So I won't go into the whole egg debate here, but there is some food for thought there, in that eggs and cholesterol in your diet are not inherently bad unless you look at the rest of your diet and where your fats are coming from. More specifically, saturated fats. So from the evidence I found, moving away from my tangent, um, this evidence suggests that eight weeks consumption of apple cider vinegar can significantly reduce blood cholesterol in people who are already at risk of atherosclerosis, which is the buildup of plaque in the artery walls. Increasingly, similar was found in diabetic rats and healthy humans. Don't worry, the humans weren't in the same experiment as the rats. 
Um, we also know that reducing dietary saturated fats will have a similar effect on blood LDL levels. Although I'm not sure exactly to what magnitude when compared with the effects of apple cider vinegar. So maybe this calls for some more research. So we can look at apple cider vinegar and the claims that are made around fat loss and weight loss and weight management. And I believe that this claim comes from what I'm going to explain next. So obesity is closely associated associated with type 2 diabetes. Um, And it's been shown that the consumption of apple cider vinegar may be beneficial in weight management and thus reductions in type 2 diabetes risk factors. Basically, the theory behind this is that the acetic acid in apple cider vinegar tastes minging and makes people feel nauseous when they drink it and thus reduces appetite, which is the desire to eat. It doesn't sound very enjoyable to me and I think I'd far rather advise somebody who was my client a balanced and nutritious diet alongside exercise particularly in a healthy individual. Plus, think of all the other amazing benefits that you get from consuming a well-balanced and nutritious diet and exercising and being physically active. There's an endless list of benefits, whereas I can't quite see an endless list of benefits to apple cider vinegar. Next up on my list of research was hyperglycemia and insulin resistance. So the hormone insulin plays an important role in transporting glucose molecules digested from your food from the blood into cells in the body. And without sufficient insulin production, there is a very real risk of hyperglycemia, which is too much glucose in the blood, which can lead to health complications. Now, healthy individuals are very good at managing blood sugar levels and produce insulin when we need it. So when we digest food and when blood glucose levels increase. However, type 1 diabetics are unable to produce enough insulin to manage their blood glucose levels. And this is because of essentially their body kind of stops their pancreas from being able to produce insulin or sufficient levels. So therefore, type 1 diabetics need to inject insulin on a regular basis. Whereas type 2 diabetics do produce sufficient levels of insulin, but their cells in their body are not as good at recognising the insulin and recognising that that insulin wants to carry the glucose into the cell from the blood. Therefore, the insulin has to try more times to get the glucose into the cells, which often results in actually the body then producing more insulin. Knowing what we now know about insulin and its role within the body, 
there are two main nuggets of information that I found from my research when it comes to apple cider vinegar consumption and hypoglycemia and insulin resistance. So firstly, acetic acid, which as we know is in apple cider vinegar, has been shown to delay gastric emptying, which is the speed at which food is moved from the stomach to the small intestine and thus slows the rate at which sugars digest and enter the blood. This is beneficial in diabetics as it somewhat regulates the rush of glucose into the bloodstream and makes it more manageable to move glucose into the cells. However, this should not be construed as being useful in a healthy population as they already have, as we know, sufficient levels of insulin. Secondly, apple cider vinegar with a high carbohydrate meal has been shown to improve insulin resistance in people with type 2 diabetes and also those um, with insulin resistance which means that insulin doesn't have to try as many times to carry the glucose from the blood into the cell thus reducing blood glucose levels more quickly. So now we know that actually apple cider vinegar might be able to play a role in the management of type 2 diabetes day to day and type 1 diabetes. Moving on from diabetes and weight management and blood glucose and blood lipids, um, after reading my post, one of my friends asked me if I'd found anything on the effects of apple cider vinegar on acid reflux which was actually really interesting. So I had another I had another look and unfortunately it appears that there's little research and just speculation on the mechanics behind its effectiveness on acid reflux alongside other home remedies. So shout out to my friend. I'm sorry. There was one more really cool bit of research that I came across that actually suggested using apple cider vinegar as a daily food additive that might reduce the risk of neurodegenerative, I can't even say that word, neurodegenerative, oh my god, neurodegenerative diseases. There we go, that's what I meant, <laughs> such as Alzheimer's disease. However, there is still a lot of research to be done in this area and I think the paper was only published this year. Um, I think this area of research is incredibly fascinating especially given what a horrific disease Alzheimer actually, Alzheimer's actually is. I also I suppose in fitness we rarely touch upon the cognitive benefits of certain foods and supplements so it's it'll be really interesting to see where that bit of research goes. Oh, and one more useful nugget of information and something to be aware of is depending on where you get your apple cider vinegar, it may have different properties due to production methods used and thus increased or reduce effectiveness on all of the claims that I've spoken about. And very rarely will you actually find this information on the packaging of commercial apple cider, apple cider vinegar products. So well done so far for sitting through all of my chat on apple cider vinegar. You're still here, you're still listening, thank you. We're almost done. So the main take homes really from this podcast 
are that the consumption of apple cider vinegar in diabetic patients may reduce blood pressure somewhere between 21 and 30 mmHg. Number two is that apple cider vinegar aids in lowering blood cholesterol in patients who are already at risk um, of atherosclerosis. Number three is that it certainly suppresses appetite, mainly due to its taste. Number four is that it might play a role in managing blood sugar levels in diabetic patients who have an already reduced capacity to move glucose from the blood cells. That is not to say that it will be advantageous in a healthy population. Take care number five is that there is some preliminary research that suggests there are cognitive benefits to supplementing with apple cider vinegar. Super exciting. Number six is that not all apple apple cider vinegar is made equally. And it's actually really difficult to know which commercial brand is best for all of the benefits I've spoken about. And I would also like to add that another possible side effect of drinking apple cider vinegar drinks regularly is tooth erosion. So be mindful of that. And you could use it to clean your windows and mirrors with, and then your house will smell like a chip shop. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. If you found that podcast useful or vaguely interesting, don't forget to head on over to Instagram and follow me at Catherine Care Fitness. If you would like to ask a question for the podcast or suggest a topic for me to talk about, then just slide into my DMs and I will try my best to accommodate. Um, Hopefully see you in episode three. Bye.